0: What up, artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. Hey, what's up, y'all? Something came up that I thought was important to share, and uh, I just wanted to kind of see if I can get it off. So I'm out in PEI right now on vacation, just taking my dog for a walk early in the morning and figured I'd take this as the moment to, uh, to record before we get into it i want to send a shout out to peter hemsworth from the beasley he said he actually likes these solo episodes where i'm kind of just riffing off on a specific topic so shout out to him shout out to his clothing brand it's the beasley b-z-l-y and uh, actually he's my former co-host on changing the narrative as well so uh You can check out that old podcast and and, uh, listen to us talk and riff on certain topics. So, yeah. So anyway, let's get into it. So this subject I want to talk about kind of affected me on multiple levels. And it was a complicated one to deal with. So basically, before I left for vacation, I was approached by a client I've worked with in the past who said they wanted a reorder of some product that I designed for them. So I also do uh like some clothing design things for other people. So I have a certain fee that I charge for doing that. Um and then I have a certain fee that I charge for someone wants to do a reorder because, you know, there's there's time that goes into me putting together a new order and setting up the artwork and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, the client, there's a new contact, and they didn't necessarily understand that, um, that there would be work involved in setting up, I suppose. So, they tried to get me to get rid of my setup fee, which I said, I know that's, that's not an option. And, you know, I understand, everyone's got bills to pay, I'm a business owner, so... I I don't want to pay as much as I cannot pay. As you know, it's just like anyone else. So you know, I wasn't offended or anything like that. I got it. Um, eventually, I did agree to cut some to find ways that I could uh, reduce the price by cutting costs in other areas. We went back and forth. Well, I shouldn't say we went back and forth because. Friday was before I left for vacation. That's when they said they would talk to me. I ended up talking to them the following week as I'm on vacation. So That's why this is still kind of fresh in my mind. And a little annoying because I, you know, I, I decided to respond to this stuff knowing that they had a tight deadline because I was, you know, I, only, I was on vacation. And I said, well, I know they have a tight deadline that was the part I left out, actually. They had a very tight deadline that I knew probably wouldn't be realistic to make. But I had a feeling that if I could jump on it early enough in the week, that it might be possible. So that's why I didn't just say, well, it's not going to happen. I said, you know, talk to me on Monday, when I'm, you know, and I'll do what I can to make it happen. So that's what I did. First thing in the morning, I made some calls to see if it was possible, got it done, had to chat with the client, said, yes, it's possible, let's go. Uh, but that's when the, the, the pricing stuff came up. So we went back and forth. And by the time we got close to some kind of agreement, the day was almost over, which meant that a lot of the stuff that I said was possible might not even be possible at this point. And just as I was about to kind of send the final agreement, they, they came back to me again and tried to negotiate the price back down again. Now, again, I I said, I wasn't going to give up my, my fee, but the, I also had a, a very, like a minimum of what I'm willing to to charge for everything else because a I don't want to treat any other client special you know I don't have they're not close friends and family or anything like that these are just a client just like any other client um so I don't want it to be seen that oh you charged this person this and you charged me that so I try to be as trying to be as fair as possible in in that um in my rates by keeping them this, this standardized fee and it's got to be worth my time, you know? It's got to be I've been doing this for 15 years. You know, at some point I feel like you got to be <laughs> you got to be actually making money when you're working, right? Especially when you're on vacation. So it bothered me in that sense that, but this is this right here. It, it bothered me because of my own fault of agreeing to 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 take on the negotiation part during my vacation. So I'm gonna give myself an L for that part of it. Um, here's where it annoyed me on another level. Um, the person said that they wanted to work with me because they wanted to give work to someone in the black community which hey, I appreciate that sentiment and I believe in equity, I believe in giving groups that haven't had as much of an opportunity to do certain things an opportunity to uh to get more work and sometimes that means that if you have um two two bids for a job one of them is a say a woman-owned business or an lgbtq-owned business or a black-owned business or an asian-owned business and you see these are in in uh sectors where these these groups are not are underrepresented and could use a boost. I think it's admirable when you want to spread some of the some of the love to those other communities. But what this person was trying to do was use that as leverage in the negotiation to say, Hey, I'm trying to give you the black owned business this assignment and you're not making it easy for me by charging more than the non-black-owned business. And multiple times I came back and said, well, unfortunately, like, that's just what I charge. Uh, I have to be able to earn some money. I don't know what that person's situation is. The, the competitor was never revealed to me, so I don't even know if the competitor really existed, to be completely honest. And the price that they were given was one that I was just not willing to beat. Now, the nice guy in me and the terrible business person in me started to feel really bad in this interaction. Like, should I do this, you know? Should I, should I uh, just take this job on? Like, what, what am I doing? Why am I, am I being greedy right now? And, you know, the reality is I wasn't. The reality is that my price is my price. I already did the math to figure out what makes it worthwhile for me to give up time with my family, to give up, take time away from Art Pays Me, to take time away from everything else that matters to me. Anything less than that is not worth it. So there's that. Uh, The other side is something more general as well when it comes to friends and the clothing brand and freelancing to some degree. If you want to support your friend. So this is something you can tell um any of your clients or friends who you know venture into the client zone or if you sell products. This is something that you could think about when when you're working because I found that you know having the clothing brand Again, I set my prices. I'm not Walmart. I can't buy two million shirts and for you know thirty cents or whatever the case may be and then just market up to whatever I can or if you sell products. This is something that you could think about when you're working because I found that you know having the clothing brand Again, I set my prices. I'm not Walmart. I can't buy two million shirts and for you know 30 cents or whatever the case may be and then just market up to whatever I can. My margins are very low in my clothing brand. So when I set my prices, they're based on a combination of market value, a combination of is this going to be worth my time? In all honesty, at the moment, it's not worth my time. It won't be until I get to a point where I can start buying in bulk. And I'm not there yet. But what happens when you have a clothing brand is kind of similar to what happened in this situation, is friends, acquaintances, whatever the case may be, See, you have a clothing brand. They say, hey, I like it. I love it. I want to support it. But they want you to give you stuff for free. They want you to give them stuff for free. They want you to give stuff at a steep discount. And I'm just like, if you knew what my margins were, you would realize how crazy this is for me right now. But then again, I feel guilty. I feel bad. The terrible business person in me is like, you, you should give people steep discounts who, you know, are are supporters of you and all this kind of stuff. And, but you know what? That's a recipe for going out of business. And that's a fact. One thing that really helped change my mindset on that was I listened to, well, I don't listen to it as much now because various reasons, but Lewis Howes has a podcast called School of Greatness. It has a lot of great business stuff, a lot of lifestyle stuff. It's kind of inspira- it's inspirational in a lot of ways. Uh, man, I'm all out of breath. Sorry. My dog is like pulling me all over the place. We're on this beach at Twin Shores and PEI. It's beautiful. But my guy's a big dog, and he's pulling, and he's excited to explore this new landscape. So, excuse me if I sound like I'm out of breath or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, so, Lewis halls So, Lewis halls, um he has some, like, great, great topics. Pro- what I, I don't listen to it as much because sometimes he pulls on people in the show that I just completely... Don't vibe with Or whatever Uh, And uh, But one thing that That struck me He talked about For a long time Before he had written Any of his books Or anything like that He talked about One of his dreams One of his dreams Slash goals Was to become A New York Times Bestseller As an author Now this He's someone Who's dyslexic Uh, He's He's very intelligent Very bright, very driven But reading and writing Are not really his thing But yet he still had this goal to Write a book And it be a New York Times bestseller And uh, you know he A lot of it is based on the stuff he's picked up In his journey as a business owner And through his podcast interviews that he does And stuff like that So it would be naturally great information, <laughs> long story short, is he actually he did write the book. I don't think he ended up getting to number one in the New York Times, but he did get at least ranked in some somewhat if I'm not making it if I'm remembering correctly, and he broke down some of how that happened, and I was fascinated so turns out a lot of these, like New York Times bestseller lists and stuff like that, the system is kind of gamed in a way because, yeah, you're going to have those books that are just runaway hits that people love. They go viral and, you know, the rest is history. But a lot of them, and in his case, I would put his in the secondary case, is you're able to amass enough of a following on your own and what happened was he made so ma- he had so many great contacts in the business world and so many friends who were willing to support him so many fans well, what would happen is they wouldn't just buy his book they would buy ten books they'd buy twenty books and they would give those books out to their clients if they had clients they would, if, they're, if, you know, if they wanted to do a giveaway in their email list, they'd say, hey, I've got Lewis Hall's books to give away you know, at their events. They'd give them away there. So this, having multiple people do this boosted his sales a lot. He had other ways that I, you know, I can't remember specifically, where he would be able to offload large amounts of books at once. And all of that impacts your ranking in, in New York Times and other lists. But the, the big takeaway that I got from that is his friends and his supporters, they didn't say, I wanna support you. Can you give me a bunch of your books f- for free? I'm sure he did do that in some cases but his his core group of supporters what they did was they bought his stuff at full price they bought multiples of his stuff at full price and this helped him to up level and when he can up level he can help other people up level so when You've got people telling you that they want to support you as a business owner and the only way they're willing to support you is if you give them a steep discount and they try to use the friend thing or the, the community thing. We're from the same community. Let's work together. But only if you give me a way cheaper price than the other person, then they're not trying to support you. They're trying to be a business person. They're trying to get the best deal for their business, which again, I respect. Do your thing, but don't try to use the community thing. Don't try to use the friend thing. Don't try to use the family thing. Just be honest and say what it is. So I encourage you artists. I feel, you know, I still feel a little guilty about this. I don't even know if I feel right about sharing this but I was proud that I didn't give in because there were times when I would have. And anyway, I just thought I should share this with you. And, you know, another quick reminder. Can you vote for me in the Coast Best Of in Fashion Design category? That would be greatly appreciated it's bestofhalavax.com. book for my name under fashion designer Dwayne Jones peace thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music if you got anything out of this show please rate, review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at ArtPaysMe.com or at ArtPaysMe on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.